At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare the numbers told the story they always do this is a numbers game with gil alexander on vsin one of those idiots who believe in analytics it is a numbers game here on VSIN. Happy to be with you. The start of a new week here on ANG. I'm Jeff Parlson for Gil Alexander. Happy to be with you today. We have a fun show lined up for you. Our guy JVT's with us in 15 minutes' time. Uh, that, that Steph Curry guy's pretty good. <laughs> He's pretty good at this basketball thing. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, the historic all, all star game performance from Steph. And uh, we'll get JVT's thoughts going forward in the, I I guess you got to call it the final quarter of the NBA season. The all-star break is now at the three-quarter mark instead of the halfway point for reasons unknown. So we'll get JVT's thoughts. Also a big injury announced yesterday in the NBA. So we'll discuss that with JVT in 15 minutes time. time. Kai McKeon of three-man weave with us at the bottom of the hour, 745 local here in Vegas, 1045 Eastern. And then Jake Asman, uh, host of Wheelhouse on ESPN Houston, will be with us at 1130. We'll get NBA and NFL offseason thoughts with Jake Asman then. Uh, excited to go through all of this. But a little bit of a weird weekend. Of course, the first weekend without the uh, National Football League into the offseason we go for the NFL. So it was... NBA All-Star Game, a billion college basketball games on Saturday, and the Daytona 500. We'll start with the NBA All-Star Game real quick because this is just one of those, another wild spot-on numbers for an exhibition from the uh, for, from the people behind the counter. Team LeBron beats Team Durant 163-160. Team Durant gets all the money covering as either a six or a six and a half point underdog. The total ends up closing either at 324 or 324 and a half, and the game lands 323. Very, very impressive there. Uh, Steph Curry's your MVP. The, uh, the other kid from Akron in this game, Steph Curry with 16 three pointers, good for 50 points. In the All-Star game, the second highest ever Anthony Davis three years ago, or four years ago now, was the highest total ever with 52. But Steph with 50, 16 three-pointers, your MVP. LeBron makes the shot at the end in order to get the win. Remember, the Elam ending uh, gets us there. You add 24 to the team that is leading going to the fourth quarter score. It was a one-point game, so high drama 
in the NBA All-Star Game in Cleveland. And I, I will say this. I am curious to see at what point the Elam ending comes into basketball more so than just the NBA All-Star Game. Because we see it in the basketball tournament, which is that tournament that you see where it's a lot of good college, former good college players that you've heard of playing in a tournament across the country. Winner gets a million or two million. I don't know. Remember how much it is right now. In that tournament, it's the final timeout after the last, the last media timeout. You add 10 to the team that's leading score, and that's your target score. I am very curious to see if we end up seeing this in basketball, at, in really a, re, a game that counts more so than just an exhibition and an all-star game. Because that would produce very different ways of handicapping totals. And in all honesty, it would kind of change the way you handicap games also. But it would really change your totals, obviously. Now, last night, the, the, the folks behind the counter got this total essentially spot on <laughs> with the opener. It was, it, it was a half point off. When it was bet up, it was a point and a half uh, above the final total. Obviously, went under the close. But I would be fascinated to see how this change would change handicapping basketball moving forward. Because for me, I, look, I'm not a huge totals guy as it is in basketball at this point. Maybe a first half total more than anything. But I don't really bet totals more, more so than not anymore. I probably would be strictly a first half or a first quarter better as opposed to a full game total better if the Elam ending ended up having a larger impact and larger due from what we have seen uh, throughout the uh, throughout the time of the, the history of basketball. It would be a complete earth-shattering move if it were ever to be used more than just an exhibition. I think Matt Norlander of CBS actually said this right, where the Elam ending is great for games that don't really matter. I think that's exactly it. You can't do it in the playoffs, can't do it in a regular season. It just changes the fabric of the game too much if you were to make it a full-time thing with the Elam ending. It's fun for the All-Star game. It makes the All-Star game significantly more competitive in the fourth quarter. It was a joke for three quarters other than Curry's bombardment from beyond the arc last night. But the fourth quarter was real basketball. It was competitive. We saw it two years ago in Chicago. It was spectacular. But it, it, it really would change the fabric of the game. And it does. The funniest thing, though, is that everyone in this All-Star game is like, oh, we love the Elam ending. I don't know how much you would love it if it impacted a, uh, a regular season game more so than just one of these exhibitions for the NBA All-Star game. Again, Team LeBron wins the All-Star game 163 160 over Team Durant. Team Durant gets the money for that one. Daytona 500 yesterday. Now, I'm not an NASCAR guy, but I, you do need to bring this up because the Daytona 500, of course, kicks off the NASCAR season a week later than usual. And we a pretty nice long shot here. Gets it done 33-1 to on Austin Sindrick to, uh, to win the Daytona 500. Uh, to be totally honest with you, again, total blind spot for me for the most part. If you asked me who Austin Sindrick was uh, five days ago, probably wouldn't have been able to give you an answer. Probably wouldn't have been able to give you a proper answer there. The first career win in, a, in NASCAR 
comes at the Daytona 500 in his second Daytona, was in it last year, wins it this year. Sindrick at 33-1, to wins in overtime, able to hold off the field in that overtime, the one plus one didn't matter. Sindrick let it going into the OT and ends up holding off a whole host of characters, barely holding off Bubba Wallace at the end. But Sindrick gets it done at 33 to 1 for that one. Again, the Daytona 500 yesterday for Sindrick. A nice win if you managed to have Sindrick in pocket. The pre flop favorite, Denny Hamlin, crashed out pretty early in Daytona. So. A uh, good win for Sindrick and man, just uh, a, a a run of a run of of long shots winning across golf, and now a long shot uh, winning it uh, in the Daytona 500. Of course, by the way, I got to give a quick shout to our guys on long shots. Our guy Wes Reynolds has won three straight weeks on the PGA Tour. Tom Hoagie three weeks ago, Scheffler last week, Joaquin Neiman yesterday in Riviera. Uh, congratulations to Wes and everyone who got home on Joaquin Neiman. Uh, as Wes said yesterday uh, on Bidding Across America, going streaking here now for Wes Reynolds, trying to make it four in a row on the greatest golf podcast that's ever lived on uh, Long Shots, which again comes your way uh, the recording tomorrow. So maybe be on the lookout for that tomorrow night for, for Long Shots. And of course, we'll have Brady Cannon on the show on Wednesday as well. College hoops-wise yesterday, Really, all the eyeballs, again, Purdue gets a win but doesn't cover against Rutgers. Providence gets a win in overtime, finding a way again in the close game but doesn't cover against Butler. But really, the big story of the day didn't really have to do with betting and really didn't have to do with the games, period. Wisconsin beats Michigan. Dominant second half from the Badgers. 77-63 final. Wisconsin covers all numbers. Two and a half, three were your closing numbers. Uh, the... Uh, the total was in doubt to the uh, to the end game goes uh, barely over by uh, by two points, uh, landing at 140, going over to 138. But after the game, a brouhaha in the handshake line. Juwan Howard, Greg Gard getting into it. Juwan Howard was not happy about a late timeout that Greg Gard took. Late in that game with the reserves in, Howard was not happy. Guard tried to explain himself. Howard was not happy through the handshake line. Guard put his hands on Howard. Howard said, don't, can't say the word on air, touch me a few times to him. It seemed to be, it seemed that the brouhaha was, was over. Howard backed off. Assistant coaches got in the way on both sides. And then Jawan Howard comes back in and, I guess the best way to say it is open palms. One of the Wisconsin assistant coaches, which is just a a brutal look by Howard, obviously worthy of at least that two game suspension at the big 10 has in its bylaws. I would say he probably should be done for the rest of this season, including the big 10 tournament. And somehow Michigan makes it to the NCAA tournament. And it also then caused multiple players to start throwing haymakers. This all lands on the responsibility of the head coaches, especially Howard. Guard probably gets a game out of this for at least starting the thing. His assistant coach probably deserves two for instigating this further. But really just an embarrassment all the way around for Juwan Howard. I mean, you are the head coach of the University of Michigan. You can't be 
You can't be almost punching people or whatever you want to call that. It was almost like mid-swing. You realize, oh, I can't hit him with the closed fist. That would look really bad. Well, it would look really bad anyway with the open palm for Jawan Howard to the uh, to the dome of Joe Krabenhoff, the assistant coach there for Wisconsin. Uh, just, a br- just a brutal, brutal scene at the end of that game. Uh, Michigan, by the way, gets Rutgers on Wednesday. If you want to fade Michigan on Wednesday, I'm curious to see what the number ends up being. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Diabete's probably not going to end up ha- being able to play in that game because of his role in the altercation after the craziness on that. Our guy, JVT, we're going to get his, his thoughts on what we saw last night in Cleveland. We'll also ask him the impact of Chris Paul's broken thumb. That's next, the numbers game, Visa and the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gambling responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Barlson for Gil Alexander. Now with us, he's the host of Hardwood Handicappers. He's the host of The Edge here on VSIN. It's our guy, Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT. Thanks for getting up with us early this morning. Uh, let's just dive right in. Uh, the All-Star game last night, a close one. <laughs> Team LeBron wins by three, but the story was Steph Curry's uh, thermal nuclear performance last night with uh, 16 three-pointers and 50 points to win the MVP award, JVD. Look, I mean, it's kind of why you don't really seriously bet on some of this stuff, but, you know, there's a couple of possessions after he drains some big ones where they just give him the ball and everybody clears out, lets him take a shot, right? Like, you knew that you knew what was happening when it was transpiring out there. So, all-star games are fun. Um, you know, if you want to throw a couple of you know, shekels on the over and watch that thing play out, then sure. But um, watching what was happening last night, there was another possession where, like, I think it was Jason Tatum catches a baseline and somebody can clearly like if they wanted to contest it. And he's like, nah, like just go ahead, bro. <laughs> so, you know, they're fun, but uh, I don't think I would ever wager real dollars on anything all-star game related. It'd be too much. 
JVT, I do want to ask you one thing, because uh, it, it, it's a once-a-year occurrence now since the NBA added this to the All-Star game, the Elam ending, which everyone seems to love on this one day only. There always seems to be, oh, we should use this in a, in regular games. To me, it's just, oh, it's a nice little gimmick for a game that doesn't really matter. But if we ended up putting this in the regular season, it would just change the fabric of, of basketball too much if it were moved to more than just the all-star game. Oh yeah. I mean, I know that there are a lot of, there's a lot of numbers guys out there. I think that support the using the Elam ending and like, I think it's postseason settings, but uh, look, I, I like the way the games are played. It, it does create a little bit more madness uh, and more capability for madness, right? When it, you're playing with a running clock, as opposed to a goal uh, to reach near the end of a game too. Uh, it leads to now there's a lot of bad beats that are involved in stuff like that too. But no, I, I think, I think it would be too much of a shock to the system if you were to include this in games that actually really matter, you know? No, I, I 100% agree with you. It would, it would change the fabric of the way the game's played. It would also change the way we have to handicap the league as well, yep. especially when it comes to totals, if they were to do it for more than just the All-Star game, which they were, I will say, the guys behind the counter were pretty good in their opening number. It landed exactly on where the All-Star game opened yep. uh, yesterday with 323. JVT, though, the biggest news that came out of yesterday Chris Paul is going to miss six to eight weeks with a right with a fracture, an avulsion fracture in his right thumb. Uh, Phoenix right now is six and a half games clear of Golden State for the best record in the NBA. Uh, do you feel like they still have a big enough lead and have enough uh, on that roster to hold on to that one seed? And really, in the end, this could end up being a blessing in disguise potentially for Phoenix if Chris Paul is able to come back healthy after the six to eight weeks. Yeah, you know, I think the worry, because, like, you know, the the thought is, like, if it's a good thing, it's because he gets some rest or whatnot. It, the, the worry for me, though, Jeff, is that this is now, I think it's for his fourth or fifth hand injury in his career. Mm-hmm. Like, he, Chris Paul has had a history of these hand injuries, and that's kind of a problem. If you remember, there was one year with the Los Angeles Clippers where they looked like they were going to be fantastic, then his hand gets caught, and I think it was Damian Lillard's jersey, and he gets hurt, and then, of course, they go on uh, to lose in the next round. So it's just been tough for Chris Paul, and I think that's what kind of worries me overall is, like, is this going to be something that kind of hampers him because – He's been dealing it, uh, dealing with it for the entirety of his career. And having said that, I do think that there's probably enough there in the resume that keeps him there. And on top of that, what helps them, they have the uh, 25th hardest schedule left in the NBA. They've only got a smattering of games left against, like, they got like one left against Golden State, one against Memphis, one against Miami. They do have two against uh, Utah, but the rest of their matchups, we're talking about multiple games against OKC, Sacramento, New Orleans, the Knicks are in there. So they should have enough from a schedule standpoint that they've taken care of business to the point where they should be able to hold on to a six and a half game lead right now. So I think it's, it's kind of like the timeline's almost perfect. There's seven weeks left in the regular season, uh, hopefully in, cause here's the key about that injury in the news yesterday. Didn't say he was coming back after six to eight weeks. It was saying he was going to be reevaluated after six to eight weeks, which is always dicey, right? Zion Williamson was going to get reevaluated after two weeks. And sure enough, there's rumors that he needs a second foot surgery. So that's always the thing that you have to keep an eye on. But I think if, if it comes down to it, Chris Paul's enough of a psychopath that when you get to that six to eight week time frame, they'll probably get reevaluated and he'll be right back in there by the time you get ready for the postseason, and luckily they're the one seed, and hopefully they get a Clippers or a Trailblazers or a Spurs in that first round. So even if he has to miss some time, they'll be perfectly fine. No, and and and, and look, we we saw Chris Paul miss games in the playoffs last year, JVT, and it didn't matter yeah. for Phoenix. Uh, and we talked about it last week. They are to me just so much better than everybody else. Uh, the way that their team is layered, just great depth. Everyone knows their role. And Monty Williams, the rightful coach of the year, favorite right now. And J- JVT, just 
I'm with you all the way through here. I, even though this will hurt, obviously, you get Chris Paul back even for the second round. Phoenix still probably a favorite in the second round, even if Paul is at 50% even or just coming back from injury. Yeah, and it's for me, I think the interesting aspect of this as we move forward, even though they have one of the easiest schedules is, you know, from a game-to-game perspective, how it works is at the trade deadline, they went and acquired Aaron Holiday. So they actually have a pretty decent rotation now at point guard. Campaign's supposed to come back after the All-Star break. He's been out since January 24th with a wrist injury. So now your three point guards are going to be Campaign, Alfred Payton, and Aaron Holiday. And two of the three, Cameron Payne and Aaron Holiday, when they're on the floor, the Suns have a, a positive net rating. It's not anywhere near as good as Chris Paul. When Chris Paul's on the floor, they're plus 11.4. When he's off, they're only plus 3.7. So they go from an incredible team to just an above average team. So I'm really curious, like from a game to game standpoint, how high they're still power rated without Chris Paul, especially against some of these bad teams. And when you have Cameron Payne, Alfred Payton, and Aaron Holiday running a majority of these minutes at point guard, and keep in mind too with Aaron Holiday, it's a barely positive net rating and he's barely been on the team. So there's definitely some room for movement on that net rating. It could be a lot worse uh, with big minutes out there. So I'm, I'm curious how the market will handle them on a night-to-night basis now as we move forward. But I think you're right. Like, as we move forward, Chris Paul, he could barely lift his head over his hand over his shoulder in that series against the Lakers last year. They still took care of business. I think they're going to be perfectly fine in the big picture. The timeline is perfect for them, almost perfect. You know, well, as perfect as it can be when your best when your best player has a thumb avulsion that's going to keep him out for nearly two months. It's uh, it's as good as it can possibly be in a bad situation yeah. right there for Phoenix. Again, six and a half games clear of Golden State for the number one seed in the West, which would make that good for the number one overall seed period in the NBA. Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT with us right now, host of Hardwood Handicappers, host of The Edge, which you hear every day, Monday through Friday here on VSIN, starting at 4 o'clock Eastern time. JVT, uh, just as we head into the final quarter of the season post-All-Star break, what is one storyline Eastern Conference-wise that you are look really looking at for the final two months of the season? Man, there's a lot. I mean, the Eastern Conference is freaking awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're like one through ten. There's intriguing teams that are going to be involved in this race for the postseason. You know, I guess at the top of the list for me, Jeff, uh, just because they played so well, even though they lost to Detroit right before the break, it would be Boston. And, and to see how, like, legitimate this run has been. You know, they only hit now after the, what Toronto did right before the break. They only have a half game lead over Toronto for that six seed, right? To stay out of the play in. So they got a lot to play for as you move down into these last six weeks of the season or so. And they got a pretty tough schedule. You know, the 10th hardest schedule in front of them, you know, multiple games against Milwaukee, Miami, Golden State, Chicago. So that if they can maintain this pace defensively and can they get better offensively with Derek White? And here's the other thing is Marcus Smart and how seriously he was injured. He's very important to what they do defensively. But I think at the top of the list is Boston because when they're playing their best defensively, they do have a championship level defense. And I think I want to see if they can maintain this and still solidify their spot as a top six seed. Because the other thing that's working against them, Toronto's got one of the easiest schedules left. Uh, they're 24th in terms of strength of schedule rating. And they've been playing extremely well. They have fans back in the building uh, starting, I think, on Thursday, this coming Thursday. So that's going to be a big boon for them, too, as they move forward with their home court advantage. But but I, that's I, to me, it's the top of the list, maybe because it's most recent, but also because I've been blown away with how good they've been defensively, Boston. Well, and JVT, uh, we, we got about a minute here. On uh, 538, this was making the rounds uh, last yeah, week on yeah. Twitter. Uh, according to the Raptor player ratings, the Boston Celtics right now are actually the favorites to win the NBA title, as crazy as that may sound to some. 
Yeah, clearly their models uh, flawed. Maybe isn't the right term, but it clearly value like values recency performance as opposed to overall performance. Uh, in no world, because if, if you converted those those probabilities to money lines, I think they're like plus three eighty five or something like that to win an NBA title. Right. Uh, yeah, that's not <laughs> that's not going to happen. But I was looking at that too. I was I was amazed by it. No, absolutely. And then the regular ELO forecast, Celtics actually second. Uh, their yeah. ELO forecast puts Phoenix at almost a, a four and ten shot to win the title. As as crazy as that may seem, there as well. He's Jonathan Von Tobel. You get him on the tweets at me JVT. You find him across the network. Hardwood handicappers. The Edge uh, Monday through Friday, four o'clock Eastern time is when that kicks off every day. JVT, thank you for being with us this morning, my man. Enjoy uh, enjoy your Monday. And thanks, man. Appreciate it. Of course, always great to chat with our guy JVT when we come back on a numbers game hey we're down to the nitty gritty in college basketball less than three weeks away now from selection Sunday conference tournaments right around the corner we'll look at some conference tournament odds next on a numbers game here on Visa. is a new great offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April the 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet email, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting splits breakdown on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out Beeson.com slash madness to sign up today. Not sure how I managed to say uh, the fourth there. A little bit of an interesting uh, pronouncer for me, but what are you going to do? It is a numbers game here on Beeson. Happy to be with you. Our guy Kai McKeon joins us in 15 minutes, uh, so make sure to join uh, us for uh, that. Uh, Three-man weaver, of course. A lot of college hoops to get to. Uh, There were roughly, I'm just making a rough estimate here, there were roughly a thousand basketball college basketball games on Saturday, and I was very close to having a bet on all of them. Very close uh, on Saturday, but it was uh, it, it really is it, it really is amazing now with the NFL season back a week because of the eighteen week schedule. Did you know that there is only one full college basketball Saturday left? The conference tournaments start in that first Saturday of March. And because of the NFL pushing back a week, I think a lot of people don't realize, oh, yeah, we're deeper into college basketball than we usually are when we start paying attention because the NFL season was a week later. But these college basketball Saturdays are just absolutely tremendous to go through. Uh, one, uh, one more of them this week. Uh, and like I said, Pretty sure that I almost had a bet on every single one of them on Saturday this past week. But looking ahead, though, because there are – here's what I'm going to preface all this by saying. You need to be careful of what you're betting here on what we're talking about because you need to check the way this is worded because there are some books right now that have odds up for regular season championship. And you can can have a pretty good idea of what you're – betting here based off the numbers because at DraftKings, they have the regular season champion for conferences and you can tell based off some of those numbers where Houston is minus a thousand to win the American 
where Auburn's like minus 550 now to win the SEC. They wouldn't be that to win the conference tournament. So make sure you know what you're betting here because the odds are very different. And these odds from our guys over uh, just across town at Circa, here they, they did a very nice job having most of these conferences up. We can start. We'll go alphabetically here, and we'll save some for our guy, Kai McKeon, and a little bit later as well in the show. We'll start with the American. We'll start with the American here. The odds to win the AAC tournament, uh, which is, of course, one of the last ones to complete, actually. And you see the Houston Cougars as your favorite here. No shock. No shock there. The Cougars, who have been great all year, escaped in wild, in a wild, wild ending yesterday in Wichita. Houston likely getting the number one seed. Minus 120 right now to win the AAC. Memphis at plus 360. SMU at plus 450. Everyone else north of 14 to 1. If you're looking for NCAA tournament implications on to make the tournament implications here, Houston is safely in regardless of result in the AAC tournament, which this year is being held in Fort Worth, Texas. They're safely in. Memphis and SMU. SMU got a very important win against Memphis yesterday. They're both near the bubble. Memphis was in, according to some bracketologists, yesterday. They're sliding to either the first four or just out after that loss to SMU yesterday. SMU undefeated at home. A lot of wins on the year, 19-6 and six after their win yesterday. They're probably on the bubble, too. So if you're looking for to take numbers, and look, I think for some of these conferences, these numbers are going to be pretty similar today as they will be when the conference tournament shows up. This is one of those conferences that I believe that to be the case. You don't have to rush to the window right now to bet either Memphis or SMU if you're going to go with the, hey, they need to win this tournament to make sure they get into the NCAA tournament. Houston-wise, I think Houston still wins this conference tournament regardless of the need for either Memphis or SMU. But you can be patient. I think you're going to be able to get numbers that are pretty similar to this by the time you know the tournament bracket, even though at this point the biggest question mark would be what side of the bracket does Memphis end up on? Because they're in a tie with Tulane at 9-5, and five, and they also are a half game clear. Temple is only a half game back with a game in hand for the Owls there. So that's the way I would look at it. I guess the only one you kind of may have to want, if you want to hop in now, would be bad SMU. That would be the only one I would do because uh, the Mustangs look like they're going to be on the opposite side of Houston, regardless of the way it plays out in the AAC tournament. To the very weak Atlanta, to the very weak Atlantic Coast Conference. Oh, my goodness. The ACC is so bad this year. And normally this is one of those conferences where you would see a few teams all push together. No one that you're not laying a price like you would in a smaller conference. But here we are, the Duke Blue Devils. Again, this uh, this year, the uh, ACC turn. Pretty appropriate, as I say in total jest here, that the ACC tournament in Coach K's final season is in the vaunted ACC town of Brooklyn this year. Barclays has the ACC tournament this year. 
Not Greensboro to end Coach K's career. Uh, Duke is minus 125. Everyone else is north of 7-1. Wake Forest actually the second favorite at Circa right now. It's 7-1, 15-2 on UNC, plus 925 on Notre Dame, and then we go down the list. Man, I <laughs> Virginia at 16-1 is kind of juicy. I know they're not any good, but they already won a camera at Indoor this year. They play that rollerball style of basketball. Obviously, big defense first, not any good off, mediocre offense. But that conference stinks. And the way that it breaks down right now, Virginia is tied for fifth with Wake Forest. Miami and UNC are a game ahead of a half game ahead of Virginia with a game in hand each. Notre Dame's only a game and a half clear of Virginia. I think Virginia, goodness, I I am <laughs> I, I I hate betting Virginia in, in tournament play, especially in conference tournament play. But sixteen to one feels awfully juicy right now, especially if they can end up on the opposite side of Duke, because. Again, this conference is horrible. Notre Dame is safely in the NCAA tournament because they've, they're 12 and 4 in conference play. Notre Dame stinks this year. And they are in the NCAA tournament because they've racked off 12 conference wins. A team that was 7 and 4 out of conference. A team that has lost to Boston College, by the way, which is not a good loss this year. Eagles still struggling. I would I actually would consider a, a little a little bite of Virginia right now because of the way that the standings look like they're gonna play out potentially. That would be the interesting one that I would look at here. Let's hit one more. Let's uh, let's actually hit the Pac twelve here real quick because the other conferences are a little more interesting than the Pac twelve. Because the Pac twelve is really a two horse race to me. Arizona is properly a big favorite to win the Pac-12 tournament. Minus 150, UCLA at 2-1. to one. USC at plus 720. Oregon at 1450. That's a nice, you're good old 29-2 to two there, Matt Neverett. Here's what I'll say. Oregon would be the only one you look at here. But this would be the perfect circumstance for the rollover money line parlay. Because Oregon was a big underdog at Arizona over the weekend. They were 12 and a half point underdogs. Neutral to be a nine, eight and a half point underdog. They'll still, that's still a pretty significant money line you would get in another opportunity against Arizona. You would still get a good money line price against UCLA and USC with Oregon. So that's one of those where you probably are looking to roll it over with the Ducks. And seeing how it compares to what a price would be on Oregon to win the Pac-12. Again, Dana Altman always finds a way with teams that may not even be any good. And I don't think this team is any good that the Ducks have. They were swept by the vaunted Arizona State Sun Devils this year. That's the team that I look at just because of Altman's past success in tournament play. And also the need of Oregon to win that conference tournament. Again, I know the angle doesn't always play out. There's a reason teams are on the bubble because they're not particularly good. But Oregon's the one that I would look at there in the Pac-12. But see uh, see how the pricing plays out. Oregon, by the way, gets UCLA and USC this week. So a big week 
for the Ducks. We'll get some thoughts on this from Kai McKee in a three-man weave. That's coming next. A numbers game, Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Morton, just the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is designed to help. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Help make your make selections within a single game for over 400 bet types, including team and player props. So log in now. Create a, to, to a BetMGM account and create your best parlay before the game starts with one game parlay. New to BetMGM, sign up today. Make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 with the bonus code VSIN1000. Plus, you'll earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps for rooms, restaurants, and more over at over 20 MGM resorts nationwide. So try one game parlay today. This is a new customer offer, and all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements, and rewards are issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credits that expire in seven days from issuance. The promotional offer is not available in Nevada and Mississippi. One game parlay not available in the District of Columbia. That is Washington, D.C. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parles. Happy to be with you here on uh, the next to last Monday of February, we're getting close to March, which means we got to bring in our next guest, Kai McKeon of Three Man Weave. Of course, him, Matt, and Jim Root do a tremendous job all the time at Three Man Weave. Kai, uh, a pleasure as always to welcome you in. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, and let's just dive right in. Before we get to the full weekend that was, I, just yesterday, of course, everyone everyone's eyeballs went to what happened after the game with Wisconsin and Michigan, uh, Juwan Howard throwing a, basically an open, an open-handed punch, more more yeah. so than not, at a Wisconsin <laughs> assistant coach. I uh, look uh, if we're going to make this a handicapping angle moving forward. The assumption is Howard's going to be suspended for a minimum of two games, probably longer. Uh, Diabite, the big the, the Michigan's best big guy, is probably going to get suspended as well for what happened after Howard threw the punch. What? How do we handle Michigan going forward, assuming that suspensions are handled are, are handed down with a team that was already on the wrong side of the bubble to begin with? Yeah, it's a good question. You never really know how taking the head coach out affects the team. You know, some teams respond well to it and, and win and do well afterwards. Some teams don't. I tend to think Michigan will respond well. Um, I think the the player personnel 
is more important for them. Diabate is out. You know, he matters a ton for this team, especially considering their depth. But if Howard's out, you know, he built a pretty good staff at Michigan with Phil Martelli, for instance, is on that staff. He he has guys that can coach games and have experience coaching games. So I really don't think that's going to be a huge factor going forward from a handicapping lens. I don't know, maybe odds makers will make it so, and, and we can find some value on Michigan actually going forward. Michigan has five games left in the regular season. Very weird scheduling quirk that uh, involves a game that was postponed because of COVID. They have four straight home games starting yeah. this week against Rutgers. The problem for them is Rutgers may be the worst team that they play the rest of the way uh, with Rutgers, Illinois, Michigan State, Iowa, and then a road game in Columbus then the year for Ohio State. So even if uh, even even with a potential value there, if if the over if they overvalue Howard with the numbers, guy it may be tough to pull the trigger on Michigan anyway. Yeah, it's going to be scary. I mean, I'd probably look at Michigan state uh, as one of them. Um, I, I don't think Spart- the Spartans are very good personally. And that's, that's the third game um, that, that they'd be playing going forward. So maybe you get a couple guys back from suspension, depending who they end up uh, uh, taking out. But yeah, Illinois, no confidence there. Iowa, we just see saw Iowa went on the road against Ohio state. That's no pushover. And then, Away at Ohio State, the last game of the season, almost no chance uh, they win that game. And they're right in the bubble. Their their resume is right there. It, it, it's it's going to come right down to the wire for their tournament hopes. Yeah, really, that game on Wednesday against Rutgers is a huge game bubble implication-wise. Yeah, uh, really, a must-win for both sides. If Rutgers wins, they're probably safely maybe even avoiding Dayton at this rate yeah, with the way right. they've been playing recently. <laughs> Akai, uh, we'll start yesterday with, with some of the results and work our way back. Providence, they do it again. They don't cover, but somehow pull a, pull the rabbit out of the hat again, winning overtime against Butler 71-70 yesterday. The Friars are the the most disrespected 22-3 and three team in the history of college basketball, Kai. But yet here we are. I, again, I'm not sure how much I buy this team unless if the matchups really, really suit them well in, in, in the tournament. They just have been so good in close games that you imagine that luck will run out at the wrong time for them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I'd be looking to fade them in a tournament setting, especially – they're probably going to end up on the four line. You know, that's a dangerous line, right? We see 13 mm-hmm. seeds win all the time. Ed Cooley has a pretty good record. I think going back in close games, he actually has a history of this, but to the extent they're doing it this year, it's, you know, you don't want to just say it's all luck. It's all luck. Clearly they're doing something good, but it is kind of lucky the way they keep on winning these close games. You know, Ken Palm has them the highest in luck. I think any team ever in his 20 something year history <laughs> on the site, uh, and they're 46 in his in his website and analytics. Uh, despite being 22 and three and being in the Big East and having big wins, that that tells you something. And yeah, they should have lost yesterday. They were down 19 points at Butler, came back, won in overtime. I like Providence. I think they're a good team. They passed my eye test, but no way they keep this this close game winning up, and especially in the tournament with who knows what can happen. Uh, that's a team looking to fade, I think. No, and and, and you know what? It, it it really is kind of an oxymoron here because. I love Ed Cooley. I think he's a completely underrated coach. They have really good guard play, which usually sets up well for the NCAA tournament. And yet they've been so lucky this year. It's like, oh, if they draw the wrong 13, we're probably going to want to be on the the 13 (laughs) seed in that first round of the NCAA tournament. Kai McKeon's with us right now, of course, of three-man weave. Uh, Moving back to Saturday, Auburn, they lose at Florida. 
uh, really an ending where Florida did everything humanly possible to lose that game. And then Wendell Green just runs the clock out for no apparent reason at the end. Uh, But, but Kai, here's the thing. Auburn has been dominant when they've been at home this year. The best Mm -hmm. team in the country probably is home Auburn. But when you've taken them on the road, especially especially lately, they almost lost at our alma mater. They almost right. Mizzou. They probably <laughs> should have lost to Georgia if Green didn't bail mm-hmm. them out at the end. And then they had the loss in overtime to Arkansas and then the loss at Florida. I know the tournament is a different beast than road than true road games. But is there a concern from what Auburn that Auburn dips a pretty reasonable amount when they're taken out of a home setting? Yeah, you got to be concerned about it a little bit, right? Uh, and even on the neutral floor, as you go back, and their only other loss was UConn on mm-hmm. the neutral floor. Uh, they haven't lost at home, and, and clearly you're not getting that advantage when you're in the tournament. I'm not quite as worried about Auburn, though, in the tournament setting. I, I, I'm I, so in on this team. I know they just lost to Florida. They have struggles, but Bruce Pearl, for my money, one of the best coaches in the country. Walker Kessler is averaging more blocks per game than any other team in the SEC, any other team <laughs> in the SEC. That's pretty good. <laughs> and and Jabari Smith, the top three pick uh, in the NBA draft. So this team is just crazy talented, defense, offense, coaching. I'm not worried about them so much going forward. Kai, I'm going to leave Gonzaga and Auburn out for the sake of this question because Gonzaga seems to be on a different level now that yeah. Chet Holmgren has fully figured out how to play college basketball. But for the other two one seeds in the committee's reveal on Saturday where Arizona was the third one seed, Kansas was the fourth one seed, who are you trusting more? going forward, even though you look at the numbers, especially Ken Palm wise, Arizona has the profile of a legitimate national championship contender. There seems to be a lack of trust with some with the Wildcats and then Kansas, of course, uh, taking care of business on Saturday at West Virginia. Yeah. I like both teams. I like Arizona uh, better of the two, you know, they both have the makeup to make it run in the tournament, but you look at Arizona, First of all, Tommy Lloyd, again, just like Bruce Pearl, one of my favorite coaches in the mm-hmm. country. Uh, and then their size is ridiculous. Their guard play is really good. Kirk Carissa is one of the biggest characters in the entire college basketball landscape. He's so fun to watch. Uh, and then they have a, a real pro, just like Auburn does in, in Ben Matherson, uh, Ben Matherin, excuse me. It, that is a recipe for success in the tournament. You could probably go down the line and say similar things about Kansas, but for Arizona, I just feel like I trust them more. And defensively, maybe is the best point. They can actually play defense. Kansas's defense has been a little bit shaky this year. Yeah, Kansas and, and the turnovers for Kansas too. They they have had yeah. multiple games where they just turn the ball over at will. That weird melt at the end of the Texas game as well. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I look Arizona. I, assuming that they just don't have a game like they did in UCLA, where they legitimately forgot how to make open shots. Other than that, mm. the only other game that they lost was that road game at Tennessee, who is a three seed in the committee's reveal. Yep. So their two losses as strong as anyone's losses so far this year. Kai, st- stick around for one more segment. We'll get some picks for you for today. And I have a few more macro questions as well on college hoops because Hey, we're 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 less than three weeks away from Selection Sunday. Three weeks from tomorrow, they're going to be tipping it off in Dayton for the NCAA tournament. So Kai McKean's going to hang around for one more segment, of course, of Three Man Weave, where you can find Kai's great work. More college hoops, ton of ton of ton of action this week after an action-filled weekend in college hoops, and we'll get some plays from Kai as well next on a numbers game here on Visa. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.